Hey everybody, Pastor Terry here. I'm so glad you joined me this evening for another midweek Bible study. You know, there's been much talk about the vaccine that's forthcoming for the coronavirus. And you know, that's going to be a great, uh, great time when uh, everybody throughout the country and throughout the world can get vaccinated for the uh, coronavirus and and we can put this coronavirus behind us and we can all get back to our uh, our lives, you know, as we knew them, where we can be with our family and our friends. And, and, and that's going to be great. But, uh, you know, a, a vaccine is like an antidote. It's like an antidote. And an antidote is a remedy to counteract poison. An antidote is a remedy to counteract poison. And what I want to talk to you tonight about is entitle this message, Jesus is the antidote. Jesus is the antidote. You know, Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. And uh, if you look at Romans, the fifth chapter and the 12th verse, the Bible says, therefore, just as through one man, now that's talking about Adam, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. And so we see that you know, the devil, you know, in back in the Garden of Eden as he approached Eve and then, of course, Adam, you know, was there with her and they sinned. And 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 what the devil did, did is he spread poison to Eve and then she spread it to her husband and they ate of that forbidden fruit. And, and the devil poisoned the human race. Of course, Adam's disobedience is, is what did it, but the devil poisoned the human race and when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said that death spread to all men or to all human beings. And death, of course, is poison. So you see, back in the Garden of Eden, because of Adam's sin, uh, the human race was poisoned. And, you know, we need an antidote. But you know what? God had an antidote. His name is Jesus, his only begotten son. And I like... But Romans, we just read the 12th verse. Let's read the 15th verse. The Bible says, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, that's Adam's offense, many died or many were poisoned, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many or, you know, to all that would receive him. So what's the Bible telling us here? The Bible's telling us in verses 12 and 15 that, at, that, that Satan, the devil, poisoned the human race through Adam, but Jesus came, and, and when I say poisoned, I mean that, you know, sin passed through all the human race, and, you know, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That, that's because, you know, the, the devil poisoned, he, he poisoned the human race through Adam and Eve. But God is so good that he had and has an antidote for the devil's poison, and his name is Jesus. And you know, the, the, the interesting thing and the exciting thing is, is that God had the antidote before the devil ever did his work of poisoning, and before Adam and Eve ever sinned, God had the antidote, Jesus, before the poison was ever, was ever dealt. You know, uh, the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb, you know, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. So God had the antidote before, before the devil ever poisoned. But the point here of this message is that the devil, 
you know, he, he, he spread poison to the human race and God had the antidote. His name is Jesus. And as many will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then the grace of God enters in and it counteracts that, that, that poison of sin that the devil, you know, inflicted on the human race and man then goes free. Isn't that exciting? You know, Jesus is the antidote for, for man's problem, for man's sin. You know, I think about the, the verse that, G, that Jesus spoke in John 10, chapter 10. He says, the thief or the devil does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Or we could say, the devil comes to poison. And then Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. See, Jesus is the antidote for stealing, for killing, and destroying. He, he's the one who came and brought life and abundant life. So Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. I, I also like Acts 10.38. I've been teaching from that recently quite a bit. And it says how God, you know, God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that's his son, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And there you see it again. The devil is the oppressor. He's the poisoner. The devil is. But Jesus, he's the antidote. He's the remedy for the devil's poison. And as the devil goes about poisoning people with sickness and disease and oppression, Jesus comes along as the antidote, anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he's, he, he's the antidote. And, and he, set, he, he counteracts the devil's poison and he sets people free. So that's exciting. Jesus is the antidote. So, you know, I could stop right here and we could all be blessed, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop right here. I'm going to teach on just a little bit because I've got some more things that I think will be interesting. Uh, what I want to do is I want to look at three Old Testament types, three Old Testament types that, that illustrate uh, that Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. So let, let, we're going to turn to the Old Testament here, but again, three Old Testament types that clearly illustrate that Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. And, and, and just in case you don't know what a type is, a type in scripture is a person or thing in the Old Testament that foreshadows or symbolizes a person or thing in the New Testament. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at three different things in the Old Testament that are types that, that symbolize or foreshadow what Jesus did for us in the New Testament, okay? And we'll see how Jesus is the antidote for the devil's sin. Now let's go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to start reading in the 38th verse. It says, And Elisha, now he was a prophet of God, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. So bad stuff going on in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on a large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lapful of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Well, now just think about going out and mushroom hunting. Now, I'm not a mushroom hunter. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about hunting mushrooms, you know, to eat. But, but one thing I do know, those mushrooms that pop up in your front yard, from my understanding, you don't want to eat those because, you know, there's poisonous mushrooms and you don't want, you don't want to eat poisonous mushrooms. Okay. 
So, but I tell you what, if you know what you're doing and you know what mushrooms to go, to go, you know, get, I, I tell you, my mother, she knew about hunting mushrooms. She'd hunt mushrooms. She'd bring those home and she'd cook those babies up and those were so good. But if I'd have went out and hunted them, I'd have brought in some poisonous stuff. And that's what happened here. They brought in some poisonous, not mushrooms, but some poisonous stuff and it got in a pot of stew. So that's what happened here. Now, verse 40. When they served it to the men to eat, now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, man of God, speaking to Elisha, there's death in the pot. Or we could say there's poison in the pot. And they could not eat it. So here you have it, poison in the pot. The devil is the poisoner. Now, you know, uh, 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 and again, what we're looking at here is a type. So there's poison in the pot. And that's what the devil does. You need to understand something about the devil. He's a creep. And he'll throw poison in the pot. He'll throw it in there when you're not looking. And he won't tell you that it's in there. And you won't find out about it until after you eat it. That's why you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and stay in the Word of God so you don't wind up eating the devil's poison. That's why you need to pray over your food too. But be that as it may, there's, they said there, there's death or there's poison in the pot. And, and, and now, now watch this in verse 41. So Elisha said, he said, bring some flour, bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. Now, you know, I always like to stop right here when I'm reading this verse and I like to think just a little bit. You know, it took a lot of faith, <laughs> it took a lot of faith for those, those guys knowing that there's death in the pot, there's poison in the pot. And Elisha says, bring me some flour. He puts the flour, they put the flour in the pot, and then he says, go ahead and eat. And you know what? It took a whole lot of faith for those uh, guys to eat of that stew. I mean, would you have eaten of it? I mean, think about that, you know? Uh, you got to have some real confidence in this in this man, Elisha, this prophet of God. But you know what? He was a for real prophet. Sad to say, there's not many for real prophets around today. I tell you what, you, you want to find you a prophet that you, that, that's a for real prophet. You know what I mean? That there, how do I want to say this? There's a lot of these guys prophesying and these ladies prophesying. And, and you know, if there was death in the pot and, and, and they told me to put flour in it and eat it, I wouldn't want to eat it because I don't have any confidence in, in a lot of the, so-called prophets and prophetesses around today. I just don't. You know how, how why I say that? Because their track record is so so miserable. They 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 prophesy stuff and it it doesn't come to pass. I'm going to say more about that down the road. But but anyway, you'd have to have a lot of faith. You'd have to have a lot of faith to eat of the eat out of this pot because there's there's death in it, poison in it. And the man of God said, put some flour in it. Now go ahead and eat it. Think about it. But but notice this. It says after they put the flour in it, and there was nothing harmful in the pot. Glory to God. Well, that flour was an antidote for that poison. It counteracted it. And uh, think about this. Now, we're talking about how Jesus is a type here of this flour. Uh, the flour was the antidote, and the flour is a type of Jesus Christ. If you think about this, the main ingredient, the main ingredient of bread is flour, at least as far as I know. That's, that's from my study of it. The main ingredient 
of bread is flour. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the bread of life. And, uh, and you know what? Jesus is the antidote for whatever you've been poisoned with. Glory to God. It's exciting, isn't it? Jesus is, he said himself, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. <laughs> Glory to God. Exciting here, isn't it? So we see that this flower that they put in that pot is a type of Jesus. He's the bread of life. And of course, flour there is, is you know, is, 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 is symbolic of bread. Glory to God. Jesus is the antidote. They put that flour in there and, and, and then they were able to eat of the stew and Jesus, he's the bread of life and, and, and you partake of him. You know, he's the antidote for whatever ails you. You know, I just, I just got to thinking, there was a fellow that attended our church years ago and, uh, yeah, he came up in one of the prayer lines and, uh, when I laid my hands on him and prayed for him, uh, the, the power of God hit him. And, uh, and this man starts, he started sweating. And I'd never seen anything like this before. Or, well, I say I haven't ever seen anything like it before. I did see, I did see it before. It wasn't under the power of God, but there's this fellow that used to come over to my mom's house and he was one of her tenants. Tenants. She had some rental houses and he was one of the tenants and he was married. <laughs> To a lady named Hazel. And, uh, if you ever hear of the Wicked Witch of the West? Well, if you think of the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, it was Hazel, you know. She was, she was something else. And, and, uh, uh, kind of like Rip Van Winkle's wife, Dame, you know. And, uh, and, and Hazel, she'd get on that broom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and Charlie, Charlie Genowine was this guy's name. He, he'd come over to the, to my mom's house and he, I remember I was just a kid. He'd sit on that chair in front, in my mom's kitchen and, uh, and he'd bring a couple of, he'd bring a couple of washcloths along and, uh, he, he, Hazel would get on him and, and that man, Charlie, he'd start sweating and he, he always wore a baseball hat. He'd take that baseball hat off and he'd wipe the sweat. He'd go through, Three or four washcloths, and I—I I mean, he'd just there'd be sweat dripping on the floor, and because uh, Hazel was after him, he'd come over to tell my mom what Hazel was putting him through, and uh, when he'd leave, there'd be a pool of there'd be a pool of water, the sweat on the floor. My mom didn't like that. She'd get the Lysol and clean it up. So whenever I'd get to sweating, you know, over the years, she'd see me sweating. She'd say, she'd say, or she'd see somebody sweating. She'd say, they're sweating like Charlie Genuine, or she'd tell me, sweat like Charlie Genuine. Well, let me put it this way: I laid my hands on this guy. He came up in the prayer line and he started sweating like Charlie Genuine. I mean, I'd never seen nothing like this in my life. This man sweat and he's right there in the, in the line, the line. And, and he started shaking, but he was sweating more than shaking, but he was shaking and sweating, shaking and sweating, shaking and sweating. But he was, man, he's sweating. I tell you what, uh, I guess I did see one other guy sweat. I used to be a math teacher, a college math teacher. And this one guy, he was in my class. <laughs> and I just remember this. I went in, I gave the test, and he had it. He had about three washcloths. Uh, they weren't, weren't really washcloths. They were like little like hand <laughs> hand towels. <laughs> and they were sitting on the desk side of him. And uh, and I I said, what what are what are those? Because I was given it was the first test of the semester. I said, what are those towels? He said he said, Mister Shield. He said. 
whenever I take a test, I get so nervous, I start, <laughs> start sweating. And man, I tell you, he wasn't, he wasn't lying. He was telling me the truth. I passed that test out. And I tell you, <laughs> he started sweating like Charlie Genoine. <laughs> I mean, he sweat and sweat and sweat. And, uh, anyway, so, but anyway, so this guy's in the prayer line. And he's just, I lay hands on him, power of God comes on him, he starts sweating. And he just stands there for several minutes and sweats and sweats. And when he gets done sweating, he goes back to his seat. I never thought about it anymore. Well, about, I don't know, a, a, a couple of weeks later, maybe three weeks later, he comes up to me and he says, he was so excited. He said, Pastor Terry, he said, he said, I'm free. And I said, you're free. I said, what, what, what are you free of? And he said, he said, you know, when I came up in the line the other day and I was sweating, I, I said, yeah, I remember that. He said, well, he said, I went back to the doctor. I had a doctor's appointment and they, they tested my blood and what, whatever. And he said, I'm free of the poison. He said, after all these years, I'm free of the poison. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And he, what had happened was, is that years earlier, years earlier, his wife started putting some kind of poison in his food. She was trying to knock him off, you know, you know, trying to kill him. I don't know whatever happened to her. If she ever got in trouble with the police, I don't know. I never inquired into that, but, but she didn't kill him. He was still alive, but he said poison got in his system and it had been in his system for years and it would make him sick and feel bad and the doctors tested and there was you know, they, there was poison in there they couldn't get it out well he came up in the prayer line and the power of god hit him and the power of god burned that poison out of him glory to god it, it was the power of the lord jesus christ see jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison and that's exciting isn't it that that the power of god burned the poison out of that man the power of God, Jesus' power, was is the antidote for the devil's poison. Isn't I, I just thought that it inspiring as I was sharing this about the antidote that just uh that 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 I remembered that story of what had happened years ago. Right? At Summit Church in Fenton. Glory to God. Jesus is still in the healing and the antidote in business. Amen. Hey, so so you got this death in the pot. Let's look at another type. Let's look at another type here. Let's go to Exodus 15:22, Exodus 15:22, and we'll look at another type of Jesus being the antidote. The Bible says, "So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went 3 days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they had come to Merah, they could not drink the waters of Merah for they were bitter. Or we could say they were poison. They were bitter. They couldn't drink it. Therefore the name of it is called Merah. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Now, why are they complaining against Moses? He, he ain't did nothing wrong. You know, I guess they're upset because he, because they, he, by the power of God brought them out of Egyptian, hard Egyptian bondage. And now they're out here in the wilderness. They don't have anything to drink. So they're crabbing. So anyway, uh, but notice the water's bitter. So, so think about that bitter water is poison water. So Moses cries out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he had cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Well, there you go. That tree, uh, when that tree hit the water, the bitter water became sweet. Now, of course, we're talking about Jesus being the antidote. When you think about a tree, you think about a cross. You think about that old rugged cross. And Jesus is... 
is the antidote. And so in this story here, this tree that went into the bitter water is a type of the cross of Jesus Christ. And when the cross of Christ hits the bitterness in the waters, hits the bitterness in your life, the cross of Jesus Christ, what he did on that cross, what Jesus did on that cross will make the bitterness in your life sweet. Remember, we were all poisoned by the devil and Adam's disobedience with, with the, the poison of sin. But because of what Jesus did on that old rugged cross on that hill far away, Mount Calvary, 2,000 years ago, uh, he has made the bitterness that, that has been unleashed upon us by the devil. Uh, he, Jesus, and through the work he did on the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has made us sweet. Glory to God. Isn't that exciting? Let me read Galatians 3.13 and 14. Listen to this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Glory to God. So when that those bitter waters, poison waters, the, the tree goes in, waters become go from bitter to being sweet. Well, that's a type of the cross of Christ and what he did on that cross. And so, so when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever's bitter in our life will become sweet. Isn't that exciting? That, that, that excites me. So, hey, now let's look at, I could preach on that one for, for all night long, but let's go on here. Hey, here's another one. Uh, here's, here's a third one. The final one I want to want to go over uh, of a type of Jesus being the antidote. Look at Numbers, the 21st chapter, Numbers 21, verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Boy, they did that a whole lot. You know, some people still do that in the hour in which we live. It's it's a sad thing. Why would you speak against God? He's perfect. He he. He, he hasn't done anything wrong ever has he done anything wrong but people still speak against him and 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 Moses God used him Moses was God's servant trying to help the people through Moses and they got mad at Moses again and again very sad but anyway the people spoke against God and against Moses they shouldn't have been doing that and they said why have you brought us up out of Egypt in other words, why have you brought us up out of that hard bondage I mean that never has made sense to me why people complained about coming out, come out of Egypt where they had a miserable life. But anyway, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food or water and our soul loathes or hates this worthless bread. So they're talking about the manna, you know, but you know what? They, they should have been glad they had the manna. You know, it was, it, it beats, it beats starving to death, but you know, they were unthankful, these people and they're crabbing and complaining, you know, that they don't like the taste of the bread they you know whatever and so the bible says so so they said we have no food no water we hate this worth this manna anyway uh so the lord the bible says the lord sent fiery serpents among the people now there's been a big theological debate over the years as to whether the lord sent these serpents in to the camp of the people or whether he allowed them to come in and so, you know, I've studied on it for years and, and, uh, uh, my conclusion on it is this. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that now, now I believe that there is a judgment of the Lord and you see where God does judge his people. And, and I've taught on that over the years. And, uh, but, but, you know, one of the judgments of God is when he allows things to happen. 
And, and, and what I think happened here, I think it's pretty clear that the Lord allowed these serpents to go in among the people. Now, certainly it was, it was a judgment on their crabbing and complaining, but, but I don't see where God, you know, turned the box of snakes loose on these people that he actually did it. It looks to me like he more allowed it. You think about what they did. They've been crabbing and complaining and crabbing and complaining and crabbing and complaining and on and on. These people were crabbing and complaining. And, and, and finally, I think, I mean, they just, they just, I think they just stepped out from underneath the umbrella protection of God and, and, and God allowed these serpents to come in. And, and if you just think about it on a very simplistic uh, level, we're going to read here in just a moment where God provided an antidote for this poison. So I don't see where God would, would deal out the poison with his left hand and then deal out the antidote with his right. You get what I'm saying? It, it looks like to me that the people, because of their crabbing and complaining, moved out from under God's umbrella protection. And then the Lord allowed these serpents certainly to, to come in there. But it wasn't that, you know, that God did it. It, it was something that the people did to themselves. They got out from under the, um, the umbrella protection of God. And then God did allow this to happen. But these fiery serpents come in among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Well, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous thing to crab and complain against God and against the, 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 the true servants of God that he, that, that the Lord sends to us. It's a dangerous thing to do that. And, and these snakes come in there and they bit the people and many of the people died. See, there were poison. You've, you know, we're, we're all aware of poisonous snakes. And, and the snakes bit these people and many of them died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, now watch this. Now, at least let's, now I've been, been talking about how these people, you know, crabbing and complaining, but now we're going to see that they're going to repent. And that's a good thing. And they should be commended that they're going to repent. So they said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Well, they repented. And then they say, pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So they're looking for an antidote for this poison of these serpents. And so Moses prayed for the people. See, that's a good thing. Moses, he, he stayed soft hearted. Now he got angry sometimes, but he'd, he'd be soft hearted and, and God, God got angry at him sometimes and God, God is soft hearted. Like I heard one minister say, it's a good thing that God and, and because see, it seems like whenever God would be upset with these people, Moses wouldn't be. And then when Moses was upset with them, God wouldn't be. And one minister said it's a good thing that God and Moses never got upset with them at the same time. But uh, but be that as it may, they repented and they asked for prayer and so on and so forth. And Moses prayed. Now watch this. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And what that was, it was, it was made out of brass, if I'm not mistaken, or, or, or brass, I believe it was. And so he took, he took, he, well, it's gonna, it's gonna say it here, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. Well, there you see the antidote. And so Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. See, there was an antidote for the devil's poison. So, see, that's why I, I don't see that God sent the, that he, that he caused or sent the serpents in. The people did something 
and and they got out of the will of God and they got over on the devil's territory and the devil poisoned them with these serpents. God did allow it, but it was the people stepping out of them out from under the umbrella protection of God. And they, you get out from under the umbrella protection of God. I'm telling you, the devil's slithering around out there and you wind up getting bit. And, and, but God is so good. He provided an antidote and, and he told Moses, take, take and make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And everyone who looks on it, uh, uh, let me just read this. Put a bronze serpent, put it on, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. So it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Isn't that exciting? And, and it, 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 you see the, 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 the snakes here, the poison in the snakes. Uh, but, but God had an antidote and anyone who would look at that bronze serpent, uh, uh, w w that was the antidote. And, uh, it's interesting. Look, if you study into this, it wasn't just a passing glance. It, so, so if someone had been bitten, if they just had a passing glance at the pole, at the serpent on the pole, that's not what this is talking about. They had to, they had to gaze upon it and give that, that serpent on that pole their full attention. Not just a quick glance, but they had to, had to, to gaze upon and give it, uh, their full attention. And if they did that, then, then the antidote, uh, the power of God, I guess, moved on them and, uh, and, and, and was an antidote for that poison of those snakes. But it's interesting, you know, how Jesus, you can see how Jesus uh, uh, fits this type perfectly because all we have to do is go to John chapter 3 and let's let's start reading in, in verse 14. Jesus said about himself, he said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, John 3 verse 14, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that exciting? See, Jesus just right here in his own words told us that this, this situation with Moses and the people being bit by the serpents and Moses putting the serpent on the pole and all of that, the bronze serpent on the pole, Jesus himself said that that was a type of himself. It's so exciting. It just, it's just so exciting that, that just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness and whoever, you know, would gaze intently upon that serpent would be, would be delivered from that poison. And it would be an antidote to that poison. Well, that was a type of Jesus Christ. We've all been poisoned with sin, as I've said again and again here tonight. Jesus went up on that cross, and and and, and whoever believes on him. Now, notice. Remember, we just said it wasn't just a passing glance at that serpent of Moses' day. You had to gaze upon it. Look, when Jesus said, "Whosoever believes in him," he, he Jesus went up on the cross. But it's not enough just to have a... See, a lot of people want to just have a passing glance at Jesus and think they get saved. No, 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 no. You have to... to, to what what this word believe here means in John 3.16, John 3.15, it means to rely upon Jesus, to cling to him, to follow him, to put your wholehearted trust in him. The implication is that you're going to receive him as Savior, trust in him and serve him the rest of your life. That's what that word 
really entails, not just a passing glance. See, a lot of people want to just have a passing glance at Jesus and want to be, think they're saved and then go live however they want, not serve him at all. You know, don't work, it don't work that way. We can learn from that Old Testament type. It wasn't just a passing glance at that bronze serpent. You had to gaze intently upon it, give it your full attention. So, so it's true here. That bronze serpent was a type of Jesus. When Jesus was made a curse for us, he was lifted up on that cross. He became, we just read it over at what was in the book of Galatians, I think it was, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, he may, being made a curse for us, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. Well, see, that serpent was a type of that, bronze serpent was a type of the curse. And when Jesus went up on that cross, you know, he went up there as a lamb of God. All right. You really study into it. The, the first, the, you study into it. He was on the cross for six hours. The first three hours, he hung there as the, as a lamb of God. But then you see darkness cover the land and you see him cry out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's when God laid all the sin of mankind upon him, all the poison of the devil upon Jesus and he bore it for us and all the bitterness upon him on that cross and he bore it for us and whosoever believes on him, you know, gazes upon him on Jesus on the cross, gazes upon him, looks at him, uh, studies him, receives him, relies on him, clings to him, trusts in him. Then the then then the grace of God goes into operation, and and he makes he he's the antidote for the devil's poison for sin. He he makes he makes the bitter sweet. Oh glory to God! I get excited, man. Praise God! Jesus is the antidote. So I think that's that's one of the greatest types in all the Bible. Uh, you know, as Jesus, this serpent here, you know, being a type of Jesus and, and, uh, cause people have asked me, they say, why would, why would this serpent be a Jesus? Why would that be a type of Jesus? You know, he, he's a lamb of God. Well, yes, he's a lamb of God, but he also, the Bible says in second Corinthians 521 that God, the father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so he became a curse so that he could become the antidote for the devil's poison. And so when we, uh, so, so, so this, this serpent, this, this bronze serpent was a type of when Jesus bore our sins on the cross and when he was cut off from the life of God and when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me and all of that. And, and, and when he did that, see, he became the antidote. That was part of him becoming the antidote for, for our sin. And uh, when we when we intently observe him and receive him, then uh, the grace of God, as I said, goes into operation, and that's the antidote. And then we're free from the devil's poison. We're free from bitterness. We're free. We be we become sweet. We're gonna miss hell, make heaven, and, and, and Jesus makes it all better. Glory to God. Well, I got excited there, but I tell you what, it's hard to preach about Jesus and not get excited. Hey, uh, l let me close with this. Now, let's go to Acts 28, and I'll close with this. I'll close with this. So, so we, we talked about Jesus being the antidote for, for the devil's poison. I gave you three good types. And uh, now, now, this is not a, this what we're going to close with is not a, a, a type like these other three, but I think this will bless you nonetheless. Look at Acts 28, verse 1. Now, when they had, had escaped, now this was Paul, when he, the Apostle Paul, when he was in that shipwreck and all, and they escaped the shipwreck. And all of that, it says Acts 28 verse 1, they found out that they, they come up on this island called Malta, okay? 
And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Now, this was Paul and his crew. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Okay, so the, the natives there on that island, they're, they're very kind to Paul and his the people that are with him. Because there was just a shipwreck and they survived the shipwreck. Now they're on this island and the natives are being kind to them. It's cold and all of that. And the Bible says in verse 3 here, Acts 28, 3, Paul went out and gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. And a viper, oh boy, here it is. A snake, a poisonous snake comes out of the heat. Because Paul had this, he had this bundle of sticks. And think of that, that viper was in there. And, and he didn't know it until he threw the sticks down on the fire and that, that, that snake comes out and fastens, fastens to his hand, bites him on the hand. That's not good. Poisonous snake bites him. Well, we're talking about antidotes here. So when the natives saw the creature, the, the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he's escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But now watch this. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Glory to God. You know what? Uh, you know what? We live the affairs of life. You know, we go along in our walk with God. You know, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be good times. There's going to be times where we're up, sometimes when we're down, sometimes when we're abounding, and sometimes when we're abased. It's just part of serving God. There's going to be, but, you're going to wind up just, just serving God. The devil's going to get his licks in here and there, and that's what happened here. But you know what? When the devil gets a, gets a lick in on us, you know what I mean? And gets a shot in on us, you know what we do? We shake it off. We shake it off. When it looks like the devil has, has delivered his final lethal blow. I mean, I mean, Paul taking some blows from the devil. I mean, talked about it last Sunday. They, one time the devil had Paul, he, the devil moved on some people and they beat Paul. They stoned him to death, but Paul had raised up from the dead. He shook the dust off, so to speak, and went right on preaching the gospel. So this man, he'd been through some stuff. He'd been, you know, had dealt with some of the devil's poison. You just keep right on going. I tell you what, one of the, Jesus is the antidote to the devil's poison, but I tell you what, something we need to do is when the devil hits us with some poison, we need to just bless God by faith, shake the thing off, shake it back off into the fire like Paul did. Glory to God. And uh, and it's, the Bible said he suffered no harm. You just, you know, there's been great messages preached on shake it off. Well, I just want to remind you, you know, shake it off. When the devil bites you with something, just, just in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Stand in faith, shake the thing off, back into fire, and just go right on serving God. Notice this, and he suffered no harm. Glory to God. Uh, now, I mean, so, so he had enough of the power of God flowing through him that when that, that, when that devil, that, that serpent, serpent's a type of the devil bit him, he, he just shook the thing off and just, just went right on. Suffered no harm. Glory to God. That excites me. What was the antidote there? I just, I guess it was just the power of God flowing through him. He was doing the will of the Lord, serving God. The devil, he'll sneak around and hit us once in a while, but we just keep on, we shake him off, go right on. Now look, look at verse six. However, these, these natives were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. 
See, they, they thought the poison was going to kill him. You know, if we walk in the power of God, we don't have to worry about the devil's poison. But they were thinking he was going to fall down dead. But after they, after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they knew just how poisonous this snake was. He was supposed to swell up and fall down dead. He never did. They watched for a long time. No harm came to him. And guess what they did? They changed their minds and said he was a god. <laughs> Think about that. So, so Paul went in their mind just that quick from being a, well, I say just that quick, but probably in just a matter of a real short time, he went from being a, a, a criminal and they changed their mind and made him out to be a God. Now you think about that. Learn a lesson about people. I tell you what, people can be talking good about you one minute and bad about you the next, or they can be talking bad about you one minute and good about you the next. And people can be fickle. They just can, and they'll, they can, they could change their mind and, uh, and <laughs> about you. Look, don't worry about what people think about you. They're going to think whatever they're going to think. They can be thinking good one minute and bad the next. I, I, a good minister said this. He said, keep all, uh, keep all, uh, a criticism and all a compliment at arm's length. Okay. And remember this. You're not as good as what they're, well, what the people are saying about you, but you're not as bad either. I learned that a long time ago. And so I've learned over the years to keep criticism and compliment at arm's length. And I've also learned that I'm not as bad as what people are saying I am sometimes, but I'm not as good as what they're saying either. Okay. Remember that you go get you a long way down the road. But anyway, they change your mind. That's what fickle people will do. They change your mind and said he was a god. And then notice in that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius. I'm glad I'm not named Publius. How about you? Who received us, he received Paul and his company and entertained us, Paul and Luke and so on. And they entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed. He laid his hands on him and healed him. So when he was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. What, what do we learn here? That when the devil comes through and he gets a shot in on us and tries to poison us, just be living for God. Have the power of God about you. By faith in the name of Jesus, shake the thing off. And I tell you what, just go right on like Paul did, blessing people. I tell you what, that's a great antidote for, for any poison right there of the devil is just is just stand in faith, shake the devil off, and just go right on serving the Lord and helping people. And that's a great antidote in and of itself. Well, anyway, I, I preach myself happy like the one preacher said. There's one preacher years ago, he'd say it again and again. Well, I preach myself happy. Well, I preach myself happy here tonight. And uh, you know what? Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. Well, hey, hope you enjoyed this tonight. I sure enjoyed sharing it with you. And hey, I'll uh, I'll see you next time. God bless you and, and bye-bye.